It's been a great week. We had a great week at SciCon. Uh, we had our serve day yesterday. We had people serving in Bucyrus, Mount Vernon, Ontario, Lexington, here in Belleville, painting, cleaning up. Amazing. There's, there's something about getting out in the communities and just serving. And it has been a great week. Today is just going to cap the week off. Uh, we have 80 plus people uh, already signed up for baptisms. And usually the day of is when a lot of people like, hey, I want to join. It's not too late. Uh, it's going to be a great day today for baptisms. We have our other locations joining us here. Uh, we've rented bounce houses. Uh, there's vendors coming in. It's going to be free hot dogs, games, activities, the baptisms, 5 o'clock tonight. Please come. Please be part of it. It's going to be exciting. I posted online today. If you've got some questions, maybe you've been thinking about baptism uh, and you want to read some of those scriptures and thoughts, it is going to be a great time tonight at 5 o'clock. And today starts our Be a Bringer series on family. Everyone say family. How many of you just by show of hands, you have some family sitting beside you today? How many of you did not want to invite your family because you don't want your family going to church with you? Thank you. Thank you right here. Thank you. Thank you for the boldness. I've had people tell me that before. I just didn't know if they'd admit it publicly, but I've had people say, Pastor Micah, I actually like the idea of not going to church with my family. Uh, we are praying for you. Uh, they say families are like fudge, mostly sweet, but a few nuts. Um, how many of you have some nuts in your family? Some crazies. I heard the joke recently. Speaking of family, I have four kids. I heard the joke recently of the mom who took her little boy, he was seven, my boy's nine, this little boy was seven, little Johnny. And the mom took little Johnny to the zoo, and little Johnny's walking around, There's, it's packed, people everywhere. And little Johnny says, super loud, look, a frickin' elephant. <laughs> and the mom is caught off guard, and she is like, what? And he said, a frickin' elephant. And the mom begins to correct him, and people are watching, and she's like, don't say that. Little Johnny said, well, that's what the sign says. And she looked over and it said, African elephant. <laughs> That's not funny. <laughs> not funny. Some of you were ready to quit the church there for a second. You're like, wow, I'm done with this church. Family. can have some of the greatest highs and have some of the lowest lows. Some of my greatest memories come from family. Some of my greatest joy comes from family. But I would also stand here today and say that my deepest pain has come from family. I think family can bring out the best. I think sometimes family can bring out the worst. You can have a lot of fun with family, but I don't know that anyone can stir up frustration at times like family. You can have fulfillment, but you can have a lot of emptiness. 
family, even when I shared on Facebook recently, thoughts on family, and my page was flooded with comments and not, not talking about all the people that would inbox message and say, I didn't want to share this publicly, but family is a very unique subject to talk about because it's so important to all of us. It's, you know, it's easy to immediately start thinking, well, I'm not married, I'm single, or we're, we're all born. We all have parents that are either alive or some that have passed on. Some of you have siblings, you have those cousins and uncles, and so I don't want you to view the message today just as marriage. We'll, we'll talk about that some, but the message today, not just about marriage, we're talking about family. I heard this week that there are more grandparents raising grandchildren in the United States of America than ever before. I think that's a subject in and of itself, that in certain seasons of life, we're having grandparents that, and I have some of them here at StorySide that have said, Pastor Mike, I had no idea that at this point in my life, I would be raising kids. You have disagreements. I, I talked to a very successful person the other day, very successful. They, they would be one of the most known, reputable people in this area. I think people would know the husband and the wife they are both that visible. They began to share with me about a family disagreement that happened 10 years ago and took about nine of the last 10 years, no conversation at all, zero. And it happened in an argument, in a disagreement. Things were said. And before you know it, nine years. Look at who pays the price for those types of moments. You've got kids and you've got parents and you've got uncle and aunts. And anytime there's division, anytime there's disunity like that, it can actually affect a lot of people. Proverbs 17 and 1 says it's better. I love thinking about food. In my travels, I was talking to my dad this morning, I think I've been 17 or 18 states, and, and then recently I've added some more to that. And, and in my travels now of preaching in, in those states the last year or two, that I'm like, I want to eat at Q39, and I want these burnt ends, and I want to eat, like, I love food. Anyone else has loved food? Does anyone have like certain family food? Like, like Angel, I love when she makes uh, chicken pot pie. I love her fajitas. She burns the vegetables and does this caramelized thing on it. Uh, I love her meatloaf. I love my mom's homemade pies. Uh, like there's something about food. My, I don't recommend it. My mother-in-law like makes green beans with all kinds of bacon and butter and stuff. And the next morning, whoever doesn't eat it is like hardened over. I mean, you can't even break through them. I don't know what she puts in it. You probably should only eat it once or twice a year, whatever is it. But I, I, love, I love food. I'm sure you could think of some of your favorite food. But when people start fighting, you're at Thanksgiving, you're at the family reunion, you're at Christmas, 
When people start disagreeing, when people start arguing about politics, arguing about religion, arguing about what the Bible says, it's better to eat a dry crust of bread in peace and thank you, Jesus, quiet. Right? Then to eat green beans, carrots, broccoli, steak, ham, turkey, dressing, pumpkin pie, cherry pie, German chocolate cake. I'm trying to think of all the stuff my mother-in-law makes at the table. Because I've been there for the food and I've been there for the fight. Right? I, I don't always get home to Canada a lot, but I've been in Canada for the food and the fight. I've had some of you, not, not, not just a successful family this week that told me, I, I've had many people that have said, well, I, I don't talk to that family member no more. I, my, my kids don't go there. We don't. And the Bible is saying that, that a lot of times you and I will pick the dry, crusty piece of bread versus dealing with all of the drama because we don't like drama, right? Who wants to live a life of drama? When you look at family, many of you raised your hands and said that you're sitting beside some family today. I think there's a lot of things that we could say we struggle with when it comes to family. The easiest is probably your family frustrations. How many of you have a spouse or a child that if you tell them something once, you have to tell them a hundred times? You're like, are you even listening? It's like I'm talking to the wall right now. I have told you and told you and you just keep telling them. Does it ever get frustrating? Do you ever get frustrated at Parker Bar? Yes, I heard some of those frustrations. I loved it. I recently took Parker with me. I was speaking down in Kentucky. <laughs> Parker was telling me about the moments his parents have had to lovingly get him back on the straight and narrow. Frustrations. People will share. I mean, these are the easy ones. We're not, we're not to the big ones yet. These are just the easy ones. People will say, you know, I, I, don't, I don't like when, and I probably had five or 10 publicly or inbox messages. People send me your list of when I was asking, what's your family frustrations? And people would say, you know, they don't replace the toilet paper roll, right? How many of you have those family members? They, they could have like five, six, seven of the rolls just rolling around on the floor. Like you can't even put them in the trash, ignorant. Right? The toothpaste stuff, the toilet paper rolls, the toilet seat. Right? You have, I've been in some of your houses. You, <laughs> I seriously am thinking one family, and I love you. But, but like you have signs, you have a bunch of boys and you have signs like if you tinkle when you sprinkle and whatever, like you have like different signs on the wall reminding them like, this is the target. <laughs> if you miss the target, right? The fact people even make those signs, sell those signs, like just a gentle reminder. This is the end goal. The, those are family frustrations. 
And people will say, you know, this one forgets the trash. And these kids leave, you know, book bags and backpacks and they won't pick up their shoes. And, you know, they won't. There's family frustrations for almost every family. We also have family fights. Fights. Was part of a discussion last night where they were sharing with me, Pastor Micah, the police was actually called. Family fights. We talked recently about the Holy Spirit and self-control. And sometimes when anger begins to spill over and words are said and things are done and people don't know when to stop, they, they got to get the last word in. And some are going to slam a door and some are going to speed out of a driveway and family fights. Proverbs 21, 23 says, watching what you say can save you a lot. How many's ever said something before you regret? That you left, you left the house, you left the reunion, you left the holiday gathering, you're like, I shouldn't have said that. Like, I wish I could take it back. I heard the joke about the guy who's at Thanksgiving dinner and his in-laws are around the table and he said that he meant to say, pass the salt. But he actually said, I can't stand my mother-in-law. <laughs> Family fights. Pastor Desiree, who shared on Thursday night and done such a fantastic job sharing on Thursday night, shared the word halt, that, that the word halt could help all of us. When we're talking, when we're speaking, when we're saying, ask ourselves, are we hungry? Are we angry? Are we lonely? Are we tired? Because sometimes all of those things can factor in. You, you, you're flying off the handle at your children. You're being short with your spouse. You're saying things, whether or not it could be a little league game or on your job, things start being said, which if we could all halt for a moment, if we could all just take a second and realize we're probably saying some of those things because we're not in the best healthy place ourselves in the moment. And so some of those things are causing us to say things we shouldn't be saying. I heard the joke about the mother who said to her son, they were actually in a grocery store and the mother said to her son, look over there, look at that kid over there. He's not misbehaving. Behaving. And the son replied to his mother, well, maybe he, maybe he has good parents then. Um, they say that when a man holds a woman's hand before marriage, it is love. After marriage, it's self-defense. Uh, <laughs> it's not funny. Everyone say family fights. I heard about I heard the joke about the guy who was actually going around trying to calm his family down from, from fighting. They were arguing, and he's going around telling all of his family. Jesus said, blessed are the pizza makers. Blessed are the pizza makers. He really thought the verse in Matthew chapter 5, verse 9, Jesus said, blessed are the peacemakers. He was telling everyone, blessed are the pizza makers. But the truth of the matter is, blessed are the peacemakers. 
if we were to, if we were to look at your family, are you a peacemaker? I know this is a tough question. Are you a peacemaker? Or are you part of the problem? Are you the one that stirs stuff up at the family function? Are you the one that points things out? The reality is that, that you have drama creators in life. You have drama creators. Those are the people that are always causing drama. You have drama connectors in life. So you have drama creators. You have drama connectors. That means that you guys team up. You find each other in the room. You're drama connectors. And then finally, if we're not careful, you have people that are drama compliant. Drama compliant. That means you give drama consent. You didn't say anything to stop it. You were in the room, and you're like, well, I don't want to get involved. Are you a peacemaker? Our families are better off, right? When we're not part of the problem, when we're helping to actually bring the peace. We have, we have family frustrations. Those are the easy ones. We have family fights. We have family functions. Everyone say family functions. I heard the joke about the young single lady that had an older aunt. And the older aunt would always tease her and bug her. The aunt would actually go up to her niece at every family wedding and would elbow her. The aunt would go up and would elbow her niece at every family wedding. And as she would elbow her in the ribs, she would tell her, you're next, you're next, you're next. They said that the aunt stopped doing it after her niece started doing the same thing to her at funerals. Why, why are family functions something that some people dread? I mean, truthfully. You, 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 you could go to a wedding. You could go to a family gathering. You could go to that family function, and you almost have to work up your courage to even go. Like what's going to be said, what dig's going to be made, Right, I'm trying to help you today. Some, sometimes we can put a mask on and be like, no, we're good. Everything's good. But the reality is that we could all use God's peace in our families. We could all use God's strength in our families because family, yes, God gave us family and family, like I said, can bring the highs. It can bring fun. It can bring joy. But it's also not easy all the time. Family functions. I heard about the little girl that asked her mother, how did the human race appear? And the mother said, well, God made Adam and Eve and they had children and all mankind was made. Two days later, the little girl asked her father the same question. The father answered, well, many years ago, there were monkeys from which the human race evolved. The little girl was so confused. She went back to her mother and said, mom, how's it possible that you told me the human race was created by God and dad said they were developed from monkeys? The mother answered, well, honey, it's very simple. I told you about my side of the family. (laughs) 
family fairness, or I think what, what could be called family unfair, unfairness. I want to help you today. Family unfairness. A lot of times where family really, really, really begins to struggle is when people start feeling like it's not fair. So you could have however many children you have, two, three, four, five, and all of a sudden, one of them is going to feel like, why did you do that for them? And it's not, it's not fair. And not just to talk about younger children, because in my 29 years of pastoring, I have seen family fights over family unfairness of people that were well up in years that when it came to a will or inheritance or an estate, I have seen people divided that you would have never dreamed that relationship could be torn apart. I don't want to help you right now. This is a big one. When you begin to feel like it's unfair, so you could have grandparents that you're like, they treat these kids different than they treat these kids. Pastor Micah, that's unfair. You, you, could, you could have it slip into every area of your life and the enemy will use anything to get to your heart. So don't always think it's just sin. Like, well, the devil's just gonna use sin to get to me. The devil's gonna use some like gory and gruesome kind of, the devil will use anything he can to sidetrack you. And I've seen people that have gotten sidetracked in life because they got so hurt or so wounded when they felt like life was un, unfair. Unfair. In our last few minutes today, not only do we have these family frustrations and, and family fights and family functions and family unfairness, this is a big one. We have family failures. Family failures. This is tough because someone gets hooked on drugs. And I never thought cousin Sam, whatever. And then this one has an affair. And I never thought Uncle John would. And then this one ends up getting on this side or this and before we know it, we've got all these kinds of family failures going on. And we're trying to hold on to family, but every which way we turn, there's something trying to take family out. I see you're sitting separate today, and I'm not sure exactly what's going on, why you're sitting separate, but Pastor Josiah and, and Whitney, would you come to the stage this is not planned, so who knows how this will play out, but maybe we can be part of the remedy here right now. So Pastor Josiah, no, no, you're over on this side. Uh, no, no, over here. This is your chance. Can we cut the live stream, the Facebook live and stuff? <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Yeah, get, get, it real, get it on really good. I mean, if you get your fingers up here, it hurts more. You feel good? 
All right. <laughs> she said that very confidently. She's like, are we joking right now? Or... So here, here's, here's, here's the circle, the ring, if you would. Uh, if, if you would, just step in right over here with a record of, just kidding. Yeah, just stay right there in the circle. They're going to touch gloves, and then they're going to go at it. Um, I feel good about Whitney. Um, I, was sitting, I was sitting in my office a couple of weeks ago and talking to Dr. Burgraff, who attends here, years and years of, of pastoring initially and, and counseling, and now they have multiple locations, family life counseling, and, and a lot of staff. I love Dr. Burgraff, and we were just talking in my office, and he began to share some things with Pastor Ethan and I that I am like writing down. I've used it in counseling since. It was so good. But he was saying that a lot of times in family fights, in family fights, that if we're not careful, we don't stay in the circle. I want to help you today. We don't stay in the circle. So, we have a circle here, and Pastor Josiah and Whitney, two kids, they just bought a new house. Wit has finished up school, got hired, got a chance at another promotion, just God's been favoring her. Pastor Josiah does oversees all of our care ministry, which is a monster job. There's some weeks I think there's no one who works harder than him, honestly. He oversees all hospital care, funerals, just and, 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 and it's a lot, basically Columbus to Cleveland. And, and then he helps with the team collaboration of student ministry. So there's a ton of evenings and a ton of hours, and there's a lot of his off day could be Friday with ours, and there's a lot of off days. He and I have been at funeral homes and stuff together. And it would be very easy, it would be very easy for the two of them with kids and new house and ministry, and school, and work, and all of these things, to have moments like those halt moments, right? Like, I'm hungry. <laughs> like, we could all have those moments. I'm not going to ask for a show of hands if you've ever been irritated in life, but it's easy for us to get irritated and frustrated. The argument can start in the circle, right? The argument could start with, who's picking up Isley? The argument could start with, why have you been gone three nights in a row? That's where the argument could start. But what Dr. Burgraff was saying is that if we're not careful, just step back with, if you will, that before you know it, she's stepping back and just like throw one punch and just, uh, no, harder. I mean, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. She's like, am I allowed? Yeah, bring it. Um, <laughs> he's got a beard that softens the blow. What Dr. Burgraff was saying was a lot of times the fight, right? The fight gets outside the circle. So now when Wit's going to throw her next punch, now it's like, well, your dad's always, right? That's not, that's not where the argument started. And now all of a sudden she's throwing punches from outside the circle. And now he could step outside the circle and now he could start saying things like, like, what don't you like about her? Uh, <laughs> I just, uh, I just, don't do it. Don't do it, PJ. Don't, huh? Yeah, she, yeah. 
Yes! Woo! This is going to be good. So what are the things that her family does? Uh, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. And if we're not careful, Dr. Berggraf said, before we know it, we're outside the circle and we are throwing all kinds of jabs and punches that have nothing to do with what this discussion first started about. We first started talking about whether it was that parenting, that money, that whatever. And, and before we know it, we're digging up stuff from five years ago, 10 years ago. There are people that could start talking like, well, if you would have never went there and if you're ex and if you wouldn't have, right? Because we are all masters of getting the fight outside the circle. One other thing that Dr. Burgraff shared with me that day that I think could be really helpful to all of us, it was to me, I think it could help you today, is Dr. Burgraff was saying that in arguments, because we put on the boxing gloves and we always want to view it as win or lose. In our mind, we, we think this is win or lose. It's not right or wrong. It's not resolution. It's not fixing it. We turn it into win or lose. And so we start to argue or fight to win. And whatever it takes to win, right? We're going to pull out the punches per se. In, in, in that, Dr. Burgraff said, when you view it that way, when you view it that way, you're always going to want a victim and a villain. Since he said that to me that day in the office, it was like a light has come on. And now when couples meet with me, I could be five minutes in and I see them doing it already. Exactly what Dr. Burgraff said. They start telling, you know, I can't believe that he said this to me and it hurt my feelings and I feel, and he is always so rough and he's so rigid and he's always, and now I can almost hear, okay, that's the victim, that's the villain. I work 60 hours a week and I come home and, you know, she doesn't want to be intimate and she doesn't want and she's tired and she, and immediately it's like, Victim, villain, victim, villain. I'm asking you putting handles on this thought process this week, whether or not it's dealing with your extended family, your immediate family, parenting. This week, ask the Holy Spirit to let you be reminded of this message right now. This week, I'm asking you, let the Holy Spirit challenge you, convict you, remind you of the times when you step out of the, out of the circle and you're like, you know what? I'm being unfair right now because I didn't stay in the circle. I have made this into something bigger than what it was. I'm also asking you to ask the Holy Spirit to remind you of the times where you are making this about winning and losing. Like I've got to have the last word. I've got to walk down the hallway still mumbling, right? I've got to compare you to your dad, your mom, your... Well, no wonder your ex said that about you and you're like four feet outside the circle. May the Holy Spirit convict us, right, of all of the times that we are continuing to throw jabs, continuing to fight unfair. Here, here is the analogy, if you'll step back in the circle. Here is the analogy that a friend of mine shared recently and I think it's applicable to all of us is we spend all of our time, we're getting ready to pray, but we spend all of our time fighting. Put the gloves up. We spend all of our time fighting about, well, I'm quality time. Well, I'm words of affirmation. You don't ever say thank you. 
You don't ever appreciate. You don't ever value. You don't ever tell. We start putting all of our energy into all of these things that we're arguing about and fighting about. And before we know it, the enemy can slip in from behind and begin to attack Pastor Josiah. And he doesn't even see it coming. The devil could try to take advantage of Whitney, the school and the new house and working long hours and two young kids. Those of you that were parents and know the joys of young kids, right? The enemy could come in and say, I'm gonna take her out or gifting or call us, calling or purpose, everything that God has for Whitney. I've seen her grow so much the last few years and the enemy would love nothing more than to take her out. But when the two of them are fighting each other, when the two of them are letting each other have it, it's tough for them to fight for their family. Like what would happen sometimes if you would just turn around? And if you would just turn around? What would happen sometimes if they would stay in the circle and say, let's go back to back and let's try to do a two minute, five minute, 10 minute devotion a day. Let's pray with our kids. Let's pray for our family. What would happen if those same jabs and punches that Whitney was throwing, that all of a sudden now she was saying, you can't have my kids. You can't have my marriage. You can't have my home. You can't have. What if instead of fighting with our family, we started fighting for our family? Thank you guys. Everyone say fight for your family. The Bible says in Mark 3.25, if a house is divided against itself, that house cannot, that house cannot stand. You say, how do I fight for my family? I think the first thing that we all have to commit to is we have to fight for forgiveness. Fight for forgiveness. Can we say that together? Fight for forgiveness. The easy thing to do is to bring up the X. Anyone can step outside the circle. Well, if you wouldn't have cheated, if you wouldn't have lied, if you wouldn't have spent, if you wouldn't have wasted our money, if easy thing is to step outside the circle. What if today you committed to say, I want to do a better job of fighting for forgiveness? Not fighting for the frustration and past. And What if we... What if we committed before God today to fight for forgiveness in our family? I think the next thing you have to do is you have to fight for your future. We all have a past, right? All have a past. We could raise our hand and say, I've done things in my past I deeply regret. Some people could raise two hands and be like, Pastor Micah, Man, I wish I could do this season of my life over. I wish I could change that. What good is it doing? What good is it doing if we're spending all of our time reminiscing about all of the mistakes we made? What good is it doing if we're spending all of our time fighting for two years ago and five years ago and 10 years ago? Like what would happen if we turned like right now at a couple of minutes after 10, if we turned said, I want to start fighting for the future of my family. What if God uses what's left? I think a big one for all of us is, is to fight for your faith. 
fight for your faith. Because all of those things I talked about, it's all going to try to drain your faith. How can I love God? How can I worship? How can I come to church? How can I, my marriage is hanging on by a thread and I've got this one son and I, and if you're not careful, all of those things will drain your faith. And you're just like, you know what? Skip it, I'm done. I'm asking you today, fight for forgiveness, fight for your future. I'm asking you to fight for your faith. When you commit to fighting for your faith, say, Pastor Micah, how do I, how do I fight for, how do I fight for faith? Being here today is a good start. I do not think families outside of church are stronger than families in church. I know you're going to say I'm biased. I probably am. But in my 29 years, I've not seen families outside of church have a better chance at this than families in church. I've seen kids at Central Youth Conference. I've watched them cry for two and three and four hours. I've seen, I've seen children in classrooms and hearing God's word. I've watched, I've watched husbands sit in chairs like Anthony Gaddis and Steve Barr. And I've watched husbands that left and quit and said, I'm done. I have better things to do with my time. And I'm just telling you, I feel like you have a much better chance when you're in the chair, in the room, in God's house, than when you're outside of it. You see, here's the one thing, and we're getting ready to pray. Here's the thing about family, is you have, you have your family family, right? Mostly sweet, some nuts. You have your family like, I came from God, they came from monkeys. You, you got, I understand you got family. But then you have what the Bible would call your church, your church family. Galatians 6, 2 says, help carry each other's burdens. That means that I'm going to help the Wickhams, and the Wickhams are going to help the Pelkies. Help carry each other's burdens, and in this way, you will follow Christ's teachings. I watched today, during ministry time, as Patsy Hirschner I don't have my glasses on, but where, where's the young girl that Patsy, Patsy, will you, will you come here and stand with me just for a minute? Where's the young girl that Patsy was praying for? Is, can you come up here, honey? And my glasses on, but I was just sitting there watching the prayer. So I want you to see how it was playing out for me. So do you really know Patsy well? You don't know Patsy well? Patsy, how old are you now? 75, and I know you're not supposed to ask women an age, but, but I know you've shared with me your age before. It's amazing. Doesn't she look unbelievable? Like, whoo! 35? Uh-huh. I'm in trouble? Don't say that, Patsy. You're making me nervous. So you guys didn't know each other before today? Well, here, you know what's amazing? Is uh, your back was to me. I was here. Your back was to me. But as I'm watching her pray for you, she was weeping. Like both cheeks, like tears. She's crying right now. How old are you now, honey? 18. 18. 
Here, here, so I'll, I say this often, like I love going to a church that's Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. That just means three generations. The Bible's full of three generations. Paul told Timothy, stir up what was in your mom and what was in your grandma. That's three generations. Proverbs says a wise man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. That's three generations. So it's, it's special. And you go into a church and you see Abraham, Isaac, Jacob kind of a concept, it's special. Here's what I wanted you to see that an 18-year-old could walk to the front of a church, not know who a 75-year-old woman is, and the 75-year-old woman is going to cry tears over an 18-year-old's burden. That stuff happens in a church family. You say, Micah, why do you want us to come to grow? Is there like finder's fees or like, no? I just know that you're better off when you have other people bearing your burdens. You say, why do you want our kids coming? Why do you want our students coming? Because I know they're not better off fighting the devil off, the enemy off by themselves. They're better off when they have someone helping, loving, believing, praying. I watched some of your posts. It's amazing to me. I watched some of your posts where you'll say, I'm having a rough day. I'm going into a, you know, a doctor's report. I'm going through a tough time. And you know what's unbelievable to me? I could see you make a post and then all of a sudden underneath, praying for you, love you, thinking about you, church family, church family, church family, church family, church family, church family. Leslie, it's your birthday, right? I just looked over and saw your face. I'm like, it's Leslie's birthday today. That's not planned, is it? That wasn't planned like, oh, he's closing with the birthday bang. Oh, like, wow, this is all scripted. I just remembered seeing your face. It's your birthday today. Happy birthday. Praying prayer after prayer after prayer after prayer lately, just for your doctor's reports and health situations, praying for you, praying for Scott. We're, we're, not, we're not like cousins, right? We're, we're not brothers, but we are because we're church family. Let me pray for you right now. All kinds of doctor's reports, right? All kinds of health situations. I mean, it's a serious thing. How many of you would pray for Scott and Leslie right now like they are your family? Like they are your family right now. Would you stretch your hand toward them? God, you see Leslie's tears and Scott's tears even sitting here right now, both of them with tears. The fact that they show up in a setting like this when all of those facts and everything that's being said could scare them away. Is there a God? Does God care? Is he even listening? And today we ask as a church family, as a church family, for their strength, for peace, for a miracle. I pray that Scott and Leslie would know that they're not alone. They're not by themselves. They have hundreds and hundreds, even as I'm watching tears just drip off of her cheeks hundreds and hundreds of people that are praying for them, that love them. I thank you for giving them strength sitting here in these chairs today. And I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.
Everyone say church family. I love you, Adam Fisher. I love you. When I watch your kids praying at Sycon, I love your family. This is not a paycheck to me. It's not a paycheck to me. I know some people don't believe that. I love your family. I want your family to be okay. I want you to stay inside the circle. I want you to last. I want you to make it. I want your kids to be raised to become the children that will then be adults that God called them to be. Michelle Evans, I want to embarrass people. I love your family. I love Gage. I watched Allie down there serving this week, her and Hunter. I'm so proud of them. I love Gage. I prayed for Stephen yesterday, Jackie. You're out painting that fire extinguisher, and when I pulled away almost the whole way to Lexington, I prayed for Stephen. It's church family. It's church family. We don't get this. We don't get this when we do it alone. But Dr. Brad, when we come together, moments like this, it reminds everyone. It could be from the front row, row all the way back to Trey in the back row. A whole section. Your family. Caden, your family. Caden just had heart surgery. How many stints do you have now, Caden? Six stints. Stand up. How old are you? 19 years old, six stints. <laughs> Pastor Josiah going to the hospital to see him. Caden went with me on the trip to Kentucky. Family. How many of your family members are with you today? None. It's not stage questions. I'm just asking. He's sitting in a chair by himself. How many of your church family members are with you today? Church family. I want you to go home and love your family. I want you to go home and try to stay inside the circle. I want you to go home and fight for forgiveness. But I'm also asking you in closing not to underestimate the power of a church family. Church family. I drive by your house all the time, Kim and Kyle. I could not tell you how many times I drive by your house and pray for your kids and pray for your family. All the time. Church family. Don't underestimate the power of it. Like I go for an hour. Well, you're not on my mind just an hour. And I don't believe you're on the mind of other people in your row and area for an hour. Don't let the devil lie to you about, well, this is just part of your schedule. And you know, you put a little bit of money in the bucket because you got to pay the preacher. Don't let the devil lie to you. It's so much more than that. We are a family. We are the family of God. We're the family of God. Whether, whether they're your natural family or for people like Caden who, who says I'm in a great big room all by myself, whether or not it's 75-year-old sitting by an 18-year-old, I'm asking you to take the hand of the person beside you today. And let's pray as a family. The Bible says when one cries, we all cry. When one rejoices, we all rejoice. Whether it's Scott and Leslie, whether or not it's an 18-year-old, whether or not it's a young man in six stints, God, I pray for every single situation in this room today. I pray for every marriage. 
I pray for every parenting situation. I pray for everyone fighting for forgiveness, fighting for faith. I pray for the Hoskins today. I pray for the Neffs. I pray for the Millers today. Pray for the Stobers today, family after family. I see people crying all over the room. I pray for your strength today. Pray for your strength today. Come on, can we just let this holy moment, you have no idea the person you're praying for, the hand that you're holding, the words that you're saying right now, it matters. Come on, pray for your family today. Pray for your church family today. Thank you for being with Nick today. Thank you for being with Nick today. Thank you for being with the Bakers today. Thank you for touching Nick. Thank you for touching his family. Even this week at PsyCon, probably three times, I kept asking, how's Nick's daughter? How's Chandler doing? Church family, church family, church family, church family. Pray for your church family right now for strength, for peace, the person in your row, the person sitting beside you. They could really need strength today. They could really need peace today. The song says the words, I pray for you, you pray for me. That's what we do right now, Jesus. We pray for each other. 